well, it was someone's someone's daughter in it. Anyways, as everyone is, as everyone is. Um, but then he found out like all his friends, even the doctors, just they weren't helpful mm. when when um, when they needed him. So he had to go to the mobster. And this is kind of wasn't he, his monster the boy his boy though like hmm? uh, when they but they weren't have a previous no but they weren't really though as no. in he saved him <clears throat> so Billy saved the mobster what was his name his name was um, Ginelli Ginelli he saved Ginelli and so Ginelli in his kind of mobster respect world it's like oh you, you scratch my back I scratch yours yeah but I being by the bay exactly yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> did they actually speak like that. <laughs> bada bing bada ba. What do you think of the book, though? Me? Um, no, I was, uh, similar, similarly to you. Um, this is my first Stephen King book, so I was like, oh, let me see how he writes. Um, he he writes like how he looks. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but he's that kind of like white white guy. An ugly, like this. an ugly man. He's, <laughs> but it's 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 more like. It's interesting how he writes his characters. He, how, he, how he writes women is like... It's like how... I don't know. It's like... It's like how you... It's like, like misogynistic you, and racist as well. Misogynistic as a low-key racist in the sense of like... You see how you, like one of those white guys perceive how women behave? Like, they call, them, call women females. Um, how, this is how female behaves in this situation. Yeah. Like, you're sucking me off. It's like, oh. Especially when he was writing the sex scenes in it. He's like, take me or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've never had it before, but no. no do you know what it is? Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying because it does feel like he, like, I mean, listen, this is me being completely superficial and judging him by his looks, but he's he's one of the people whose like imagination is like way stronger than his reality. Where it's like he's probably able to create these worlds and create these different sexual scenarios that. He probably dreams of, but he didn't seem like you the kind what? of person who's getting it in in the way that maybe <laughs> right, 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 yeah. he would in the books. You get yeah, what I'm saying? Fair, fair. So I feel like his outlet is probably because he's written like what, like 600 fucking books, short mm. stories, all these things. Uh, so I get what you're saying because yeah, from the looks of him, you know, <laughs> he is kind of creepy though. No, bro, but like he he does he does do like this. He looks like he, bro, he does look. He looks dinosaur. like it. And the dinosaur from Toy the, Story. The dinosaur from Toy Story is the funniest thing you said, bro. But, no, I know. It's, um, it's actually wild. But yeah, that's how I, that's how I kind of felt. But like, don't get me wrong, like, I think, because this was in 1984, and you can understand, like, how it was written. Mm. It's pioneering in the sense that it's like, oh, it's a very, like, horror, like, book. In the sense that I think a lot of films and books have taken inspiration from Stephen King. Like, he's... He's a goat to some extent. Maybe not in horror. No, he, he's, no, he's pretty much like a genre. Like, Do you know what I mean? No, no, like, for sure. So much exactly. so that this book was actually the first... This book was basically one of the early books that he did to try and come out as his um, pseudonym, which was that um, Richard Bachman. Because in the early oh, copies okay. of this book, it says... Wait, which version do you have? Can um, someone explain says, that to me? Yeah, I was oh, yeah, writing as Richard Bachman. Mm. So, so was that a pseudonym? Explain yeah. to me because I'm, I'm, I was a bit confused. Yeah, so he basically created a pseudonym to write under, mm. um, pretty much because he was dominating his industry like for years, and he made this other pseudonym where he basically, in his normal writing, he kind of ends books in a more slightly optimistic, like it's dark throughout, but it's optimistic at the end. And then with this, with um, Richard Bachman, he'd always have it like end really like. Mm, pessimistically yeah. just just like misery basically Should we talk about the ending actually but I can't continue yeah yeah and then basically readers were were like um, finding out about this Backman guy and thinking oh this guy is like a big competitor for um, Stephen King da 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 <laughs> and then obviously it's basically him and it's like um, yeah and then basically after this book is when someone found out it was him and then he kind of just dropped it completely um but yeah, he was basically writing as two people throughout his career. Almost almost as if, it's almost like Messi and Ronaldo being the same person. Yeah, I'm dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just needed competition to like, because he was just dominating the whole horror industry Is in he America. Even, He's like M. Huncher with a mask, isn't it? Didn't basically. You don't know him, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King as M. Huncher, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, that's why he did it. And that's the whole thing around it. Okay, cool. Um, so, so the ending then, right? Like, so what happens in the end, by the way? He, he kills him. Okay, so okay, it's it's hard to get there without yes, getting yeah. there. It's like so the book essentially is about 
him being cursed or be a curse being postponed upon him because mm. he kills somebody and he's kind of doesn't give a shit because he's so rich or whatever. But then there's a whole thing about Pi, which we can get mm. into afterwards. Mm. Because in the film, you know, it's funny when I read the book, I can imagine almost when it's like the, the in the book it said the Pi was beating like a heart or something like that. Mm-mm. And in the film, he did this, he did the same thing, but in kind of like this really like proppy kind of like Mm-mm. weird way. It was really funny. But um, I thought the, the pie has a whole thing about it, but that's being against in a minute. But essentially, he gets cursed upon with this pie and or this curse, sorry, um, from the gypsy um, man. And essentially, he's been cursed by getting thinner because he's a fat guy. Mm. And I think um, because of the characters that are played, they get different curses based off, I guess, their character or whatever. Mm. Him being a morbidly obese, he gets thinner each time. And you think that's a good thing. But it starts to get to a point where he's losing so much weight. He's actually getting delirious. He's mm. getting sick. And when he gets injured and stuff, it's almost like speeding up this process. Mm. And so the way he treats his wife, compared to how he treats his daughter, is quite, is very like polar opposite. Well, he, he hates re- his wife almost. Yeah, no, but, but it doesn't start off like that, does it? It doesn't, but I feel like he, he, he learned to despise her because of what happened in the car, because he feel like, why am I, why am I the only one suffering here when you'll do like something up in the car? That's always the case. And there's it? a bit of, it's a bit of, it was a bit of, uh, <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Ruben, Ruben, the incel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ruben, take the floor. <laughs> you got this one. You got this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't go. Keep going. No, no, no. No, no, no listen. I'm all in, man. I can't lie. I'm not to elaborate. I'm not to elaborate. No, but I'm not going to elaborate. I feel like you're going to. You're saying it's always the men's. No, bro, I didn't say that. You misheard. Um, no, I meant in the sense that I think he grows to resent his wife because I feel like she is very much playing the innocent kind of character throughout where she's like oblivious. Oh Always my crying. God, I didn't mean it. Like she effectively tries to get him institutionalized when he does confide in her and says, you know, um, as he's quite, he's getting thin and she's worried about it and then she takes him to a doctor and then they misdiagnose him but then eventually gets to a stage where he says oh i think i've been cursed by these gypsies and she just thinks he's crazy Dismissed it, yeah. and then she goes behind his back to speak to the doctor and they try to get him sectioned while he's away trying to find a gypsies he's like yo you're supposed to be like my day mm. one. What are you doing? Like, yeah, you're my wife. Is it me? Yeah. Did you get the vibe that she's not a rider though? She's not a rider. No, but that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like you, there's a level of resentment when he comes back mm. when he kind of gets the curse fixed to an extent. She's like, oh my god, I, I didn't realize. Mm. I didn't realize in the whole bit of the book where mm. there's like, I think Stephen King he writes that she looks like a a kid who's been found out about finding, getting sweets. And I felt like she was cheating with the. Do- I got the vibe. The kind of but it just impression that she was and that's what I'm trying to kind say of alluding with like, the doctor to kind of it's, in the it's, book. It's, it's always like written in a sense of okay two people were involved so like let's say um <laughs> let's have an analogy let's do an analogy um let me try carefully um if you're okay you're I think we've all been in a situation where um, I'll speak for yourself <laughs> no, you know what? I understand because you, both of you got girls in it, so that's why you're unusually quite silent. You want to talk about it? Let's get into it. Um, in a sense of like more, bruv, when you know there's situations when you know you're in the right, and somehow it gets flipped that you're in the wrong, and then you're almost consoling their like emotions and how they're feeling, and they're they portray themselves as to be was quite naive to the fact that they've done something wrong. And then it's like, okay, like, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example. I wish you'd cut this, bro. Give me a shout out to Lifeguard. Lifeguard. I'm trying to um, help him. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> like this is me last time. You guys are just looking at me like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> but, um, it's more the case of like. I think this happens a lot when you're just like, if you're in, um, like, okay, yeah, I remember when I was younger and I was like 18 and then um, the girl I was chatting to at the time was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Ruben. Um, I got off with some guy. And I was like, oh, okay. We aren't really going out, but I was like, okay. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad. And she starts crying. And then I'm like, oh, it's okay. 
So I'm consoling her about something that she has confided into me that was wrong. Mm. So it's like, why am I feeling bad for something that she has done mm. to me? Question. I think that's just an, a, as a, as a Michael's, that's an example where yeah. that happens quite a lot in, and I, I felt like that was like a, it's kind of what happened in the book where mm. he didn't ask for it. He was in the car driving. She's trying to be frisky, gives him head. He's not concentrating, knocks over the gypsy. Don't get me wrong, there are negative connotations with that because I feel like he does devalue Romani people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see them as people. Mm. But at the end of the day, two people at fault in causing the accident. And if there was a form of justice system, that the two people will be at fault. But you it. could argue that she does get justice in a sense by eating the pie. Oh, no, no, yeah, on. but that is... Is that harsh? Is that harsh? That, that, is, that the, is a bit harsh gypsy. because I think that was only when he... He he gave that to her. Yeah. He intended that's different. Yeah, he intended, but do you that's think that's all like no, but manufactured in, beforehand? No, I'm just I'm just curious because I'm just like because ultimately I feel like the ultimate justice for for Hall- for Halleck was to pay that his daughter who was kind of innocent ended up getting yeah that pie. was his justice. But I feel like but Halleck d- took control of the justice and said I'm gonna get no, I'm gonna make you to, pay by I'm giving to say you this in pie. In the sense that like a lot of the time like if it wasn't for that it, it was he she would have been absolved from that. It would have been, she would have been completely fine. Mm, yeah, true. And that's all I'm saying that, well, that's what I meant by, it's, sometimes it's always the man's fault mm. in that. I think there was, it's just like, oh. it's mm. not always the man's fault. No, sometimes no. it's both. But, but I guess we, we are taught to hold it. Yeah, no. Uh, there's a lot that, that, that we have I'll to suck that. up. I'll say that. We're, yeah. we're, we're taught, we're raised to hold it at all mm. times. Like, if shit, hit, shit hits the fan, it's like, oh, you're meant to stand away. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because mm, you're, yeah. you're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> And so, because we, and we never talk about that, do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. in this book, in a way, he held all the shit. <clears throat> yeah. In, in many ways. Physically and mentally. Or mentally, but I will say that in a That's weird a way, point. the gypsy man was almost like this um, benevolent um, thing, like spiritual being that was- Was it her dad, by the way, just out of interest? Was it her dad or was it her partner? It's a dad, dad is it? It's a dad, yeah. Okay. And then so, he, when he, whenever he said certain like lines, so one line he said was, um, sometimes you don't get, um, what you deserve, white man from town. He kept saying that. That's oh, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And so when he says that, yeah, it's like, oh, so when when he gets to the point where he's like, oh, justice is justice. Mm. And like in Halleck's head, it's like justice is going to court. I got away with it. Cool. And then in, in the gypsy man, remember the gypsy's man's head, it's like justice is, you did something to me, I just did it back. And yeah, yeah. there's no scale of like how bad I want to do it mm. to you. It's just how much I'm angry or, or mm, grieving or mm, whatever. Mm. So in the whole book of the thing, it's like, we can sit here and like discuss about morality and justice in terms of the wife and stuff. But I feel like it's quite interesting how no matter what happened at the end of the book, Billy had all the power, right? And then he was able to decide and he still fumbled it, right? I think in a weird way, the book was trying to say like, justice is like this fucking fake thing. It's not fake, right? Cause we need it at the same mm. time. Or we, there's a word for it, so it exists, but it's like, there's no scale to this thing. It's like mm. so. Do you think that's all, that was a running theme with the oh, fight at the end? Like, I, honestly, like, the when I justice. say like Stephen King, he's not a great writer. But what I will say, he knows getting the heads of people. He does. He does. I can imagine when he writes, like he's like he writes on these words. He write down like sinful or like justice or just like these these words. And he says, okay, how do I crack that shit open? Do you know what I mean? Or so, how do I mm. flip the script? Or how do I like make them? what is love right how do you make love super good and super bad i don't know like i feel like in this book it was all about justice and it was always it was about you know he was he was walking on racial territory like he was mm. saying a lot of things because he even said the n-word twice and i was thinking this is on this is it oh yeah shit, did. but mm. i feel like you know what yeah i actually read the book <laughs> as a bit of a <laughs> you're so used to it isn't it i actually I actually read the book as a bit of a social commentary like as in so yeah no when we talked about like the whole gypsies and the whole idea of the gypsies being this mystical you said this mystical kind of romanticized people who just i kind of read them as almost being similar in some ways to the maybe native indians where it's like a culture that we don't really understand but we're just gonna wipe over like yeah. but that's like i think that's when he killed them like like it's true and i feel like when he killed her he was able to just get away with it because he was rich. He knew some people who mm. just kind of cover it up. And I feel like the the kind of th- the um, theme is almost that these people are not just like, I feel like King kind of gave them a bit of uh, power in a sense. He was like, he was able to make them 
enact payback on people who yep. just try to walk over their culture, walk over their people and, yeah. and just kill them and get away with it kind of vibe. And it's almost like, even though you feel for Halleck throughout the book, it's like you still feel some degree of like, he deserves it. You're, you're kind of on the side of that gypsy guy. You're like, you know what, fuck that guy because he yeah. did kill your daughter. And do you, you should. Did you feel like you're on the side of the Jesse guys, both of you? I I personally read the book as like you know what, Luke, this. Yeah. You know, like the whole like fat cat, Wolf of Wall Street, like making money, America. This is that era, yeah, yeah, that yeah. time. Everything's great. But the way American they describe dream. when they describe how American he eats dream as well was a bit gluttonous. All yeah. these things. It's like mm. this is America, mm. and then here's this gypsy thing. This whole gypsy concept could be black people, could be uh, Native Americans, could be all of these course. different groups. And then you've got this battle between the two of them and it kind of, it ends up kind of giving power to the, yeah. like the kind of ethnic community and saying, actually, you aren't going to be like this walked over people who are just going to get yeah. fucked over and then walked away from. It's almost like bringing them back to reality in terms of this. Yeah, massively. This greed and gluttony has kind of, massively. Made no, you know you, what? has deforced you from reality. In a yeah, way. no, no, for real. And that's why I think he was trying to get across in a sense of like, fuck this whole like American, like, that's why that quote that you said about uh, justice is. Well, he said justice is justice. But justice, justice, white yeah. American man or something. Yeah, a, a white man from yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like a white man from town. Like, you could imagine, imagine like a resurgence of like the Native American, like having that kind of reckoning justice with, you know, what I mean, what's yeah, everyone would be like, oh no, the killing. But then it's like, it's like we haven't forgotten, like yeah, this is our thing, and it's key. like that's why. Just to go on to the point I had about the pie. It was a similar idea where, so I had a bit of a musical reading of this year where I looked into this American Pie song by um, Don McLean, you know that? Bye bye Miss yeah, American yeah, Pie. pie. Mm. And then I basically looked on that and said, okay, cool. So this pie ends up killing everyone pretty much. Like, like, like mm. it's a weird thing to be the, like, it's a weirdly key part of the plot. It's such a random like, pie. I was like, why do you use the pie? But then I was kind of looked into it and I was like, the song is kind of like it basically tells the story of the kind of 50s to 60s in america where things were great you had all this boom time da, da, da. and then it kind of has a bit of a dark undertone where it shows also that it's not all great and that yeah like we had all this boom we had all this great stuff it's quite a jingoistic like laugh and dancing song but then the last verse is quite dark and it gets to talks about the blues talks about like the ending of um, jfk killing mlk all these things and it's almost like it feels to me like the pie kind of symbolizes the whole this whole american perfection idea that maybe stephen king was criticizing in the form of billy hallock as this like good times lawyer everything's great like living good da, da, da. and then it's the pie ultimately this american pie that actually kills him, kills him his whole family based on that's kind of cool the thing that he did to um the ethnic who are generally disenfranchised whatever mm. by the american society so it's like and even the last words um what in the book or in the song in is the song. um this will be the day that i die and i feel like you could almost i almost read the book as the song like it just kind of goes through the song like it starts off the song's really bright, really like dancing around and then mm. it just ends in this really like dark way. And I just feel like there's a lot of similarities in terms of what they criticize about America. Which came first? The song actually was released in 19, um, early, let me see. It's by this guy called Don McLean. This is interesting though, isn't it? So because I never saw that one. It, it sounds like Stephen King. No, it was but that's what i'm saying hold on, let me just check when this actually was what do you think because i feel like this is actually like i never saw it that way and this is kind of interesting because 1971 so it's been before it was before and i know that stephen king was quite a big rockhead and this was like one of those like you know those like mm, quintessential famous, songs yeah, of, yeah, the of the time, time kind of thing and it feels like that kind of vibe where it's like because why would you use a pie as a right right like because right. a pie had to come out of nowhere it's just a random fucking plot for like, me i just thought it was like a pulp fiction moment it's like it's the briefcase Do you yeah know? And it's like no one knows what's inside it no one yeah, knows what yeah, he's yeah. doing but it but he did explain the curse to be like uh he's like oh it's inside of me it's alive he's like yeah the curse is it's like a baby it's mm. alive and so like you can't really he said it's like a baby you can't kill it mm. do you know what i mean so it's like 
maybe if, if you run in the, in the conceptual realm of what you're saying it's mm. like um well this genocide that happened all this kind of gluttony and this kind of like unfair justice that's been bestowed upon like mm. you say ethnic groups or whatever mm. um the day i guess there's always gonna be a day where it's gonna come back yeah no facts and so maybe the pie is a representation of that of the curse in a way mm. like you've done some something really bad like you can't just you can't just get out of it because yeah. you have money like it's not that's not how it works and the american pie kind of does symbolize a lot of that like good old 2.5 family american dream thing where it's like wife kid daughter no, yeah, he loves the dog. kids the hit the kids fence, that whole idea yeah. but i gone yeah no, go on, go on. no i was just gonna say because it's funny that you um because i think throughout reading this book i was like very much like oh it's a bit deep mm. i didn't think it was a bit deep because it's from his billy's perspective and i was like oh shit it's kind of a awful way to go out and how he kept like he was actually I think outside of his profession but I don't think that was at any fault of himself I think it was just he had friends in high places that got him off for it was, it was a mistake at the end of the day and it was a genuine mistake and there's a, some form of justice associated with that it does that mean he should lose his life because of it oh, I, think, I, I thought it was a bit harsh in that in that mm. terms of, like that form of justice it wasn't mm. Life isn't fair, man. I think that was a, a very big message in the film. In the book, it was like yeah. life isn't fair, and it being unfair, it's unfair that you are maneuvering in life like with that not you not abiding to that fact to an extent mm. where life in generally in general is not fair, but mm. um, don't like you that doesn't mean just because you're from a very wealthy background and uh, you are privileged that that doesn't apply to you. Facts. And I think that's what I got from the book. Yeah. And I, and, and you, you get where, you know, Linda, his, his, his daughter was like, it's quite a sweet child. He really actually generally loved her. And I felt quite sorry for him for a lot of this book. And I thought, oh no, it's a bit deep, mm. but how you describe it, it's very true. And there's a bit of the book too. when. Um, the I think it's like the granddaughter. Mm. Um, I can't remember her name. And she's like studying, studying to be engineer. The one who does the bullpoint, bull bearing thing, like mm. the slingshot. Oh, the, the you mean the gypsy? The gypsy. Um, yeah, 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 she's yeah. paying in the film, by the way. Is she? No, she she got des- she got written yeah. that she, I didn't know what she looked like, but she got described as looking very beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. in my head, I was like, oh, she's. But that's that that also that's what I'm saying. That connects well, back to this whole not to oh, right, on a tangent, but it's just that whole you know gypsy like or any other African, if you're not white right it's like this kind of like oh you're a spiritual being you're of the earth like you're really like if you're sexy like you're just like a goddess or like you're yeah. seductive and like whatever fetishized fetishized yeah. yeah exactly so but anyways continue no but that's and i think what i was trying to say is that i think from how, how you describe the book to and like it's uh similarities you know american pie song <laughs> i kind of do get that and it's kind of changed my perspective a lot from the book but i feel like it I think the beauty of this book is that they it causes you to be conflicted and I think a very good book a very good film for instance like even with the protagonist and mm. what's the, the is it the antagonist is uh, that yeah. um, you can relate to both and you have almost like a, a hero anti-hero kind of no a hero anti-hero but you can empathise no with the villainous um, motivation like the villain in, in a film or villain in a book isn't really no one is truly bad there's elements yeah. of good to them and that's what uh, that's what i got from billy where you could it's a bit like killmonger and black panther no, just, mm. where you're like oh this is a bad way to do it but i can understand where it's coming from it's come from a lot of pain it's come from a lot of anguish and mm. i can i can understand like from the gypsy's point of view yeah it's, it's a bit extreme like you killed all these people just you killed four people because one person has accidentally died that's what it's come to but that's, and I, but that's and a very that's, anti-american idea like this idea that there's what? no good or bad is is very like um when you see with these films like what's that um uh the boys in that it's a very like n- new way of thinking for america where mm. they're like usually they're thinking very much like good we are good they are bad black, yeah yeah, yeah. whereas white. a more modern view that i'm seeing is more oh, like actually there's no good or bad and that's like quite disruptive to um the whole american 
Mm. Consciousness. consciousness no no that is very true and I think maybe you can argue that Stephen King was a bit ahead of his time I think, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of all, I think there's a lot of I, I think that I think that is um, uh, not as in like you, I think there are a few other people who did who did have similar uh, um, consensuses of that time and of America at that time I think maybe I don't know. I feel like we we are, uh, in terms of historically, we aren't um, really looking at it. What we we don't really know what the that narrative was at that time. I think it was probably similar to this time, they because during the eighties, I think that was just after Vietnam. And there was, I think, the whole perception of America being a savior and mm. this perfect place. I think that was slowly eroding, mm. and that was maybe that's interesting a byproduct of that. Where you had a lot of literature coming out, a lot of critical essays about. America's foreign policy, um, how America maneuvered globally and its internal, you know, domestic policies and, you know, against disenfranchised people, black mm. people, Romani. Mm. Even Asian people as well. Asians, um, all, like uh, basically yeah, all any, any ethnicity of them white. It used to be even Irish people at one stage until they got like considered honorable rights which is and it, um, and <clears throat> what's but, interesting actually as well when we think about because the italian mobster he plays a quite important role which we haven't really spoken about but the fact that it makes him because when he's like italian i was thinking it's so stereotypical for the the mobster to be italian right yeah and i feel that kind of also feeds into this idea of like because remember billy haddock and all his friends are all just like white judges or whatever mm. so maybe in a way like <clears throat> if we're sticking to this kind of idea of um the white america savior kind of this kind of idea of the consciousness being like they're always right and whatever but then you have all these other groups the italians mm. you have the gypsies and like you have it's almost like a counter battle but like it's used through the pie it's used mm. through a curse and it's used through a, a means of justice in a way and it kind of splits the room because when you asked the question earlier about like what kind of side are you on it got to the point in the book i was thinking damn i feel sorry for this really fat guy it's got really thin now mm. but like it, it, it the way he describes him it's like Oh, his pelvis was just like bone was getting yeah, bone. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, it's kind of like, oh, it's a bit mad. It's a bit mad, but at the same time, you're like, he did run over somebody, and the gypsy man was like to him, like, oh, I didn't see it. It was like, but you, you never see us. It's true, exactly. And that's and that's what yeah, and, and and then that that he for me was like, you know what? He, he ain't I, lying. Mean, well, that's, yeah. I think that that <clears> really <throat> changed my because up until that point, I was like, no, this is actually a bit deep, and you killing off all these people. But then I think how, because it was like a very passionate, like, um, justification as to what it was like. It was almost like a pent up anger. And it wasn't just from like Romani people, gypsy people. It was like of all disenfranchised people, like black that's, people. Because how they, like, the rhetoric associated, like how they're speaking about black people in this book, mm. how speaking about, and it was all from this town that was, I think it was a, a made up town. Mm. Don't quote me on that. I think but, it was. I think it, was. Um, it was just an, Anagalous to what it meant to be American at the time, a white American, like exactly. uh, 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 the epitome of the American dream, white picket friends with mm. your wife and child, and you just being the breadwinner. And everyone in that town had that mentality. That, and I think it touched on the book too. Is like the the reason as to why they wanted the gypsies around and they they tolerated them to an extent was because if they weren't there that aminosity would be directed at someone else mm. it's like one of those weird things i think someone said that it's like when you're the only black person in a room in a room full of white people you stick out like a thumb but when you leave then and it's just a group full of white people then that that direct like the people that start to stick out are like it being religious or mm. for instance mm. then that's when you become jewish like mm. oh then you're the jewish mm. person there's always that's interesting and there's always something okay yeah no you do not to quote kanye or anything no, but yeah no. no but that's what i'm trying to say in that sense that it's it's it's, it's no, like, no, there's there's, but it's there's always, always some, an x basically that you're going to replace that hatred towards. exactly and it's and i always i thought that was quite interesting in that book that there's why does that hatred exist in the first place? Why is that othering? What's the yeah. what's the what's the point of the othering? Is it just as a platform to make you, yourself feel better? And I thought it's that protectionism is protectionism, oh, but I yeah. feel like that is very yeah. much the epitome of like what 
what is tied to the American dream. Like at, at, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like you're building yourself up on, and you're you're almost like stamping on people to get to a point of yeah. privilege, and you need a people, a culture, whether it be Jewish, Black, mm. Romani, mm. to feel like you're better than. And just and it's like it's kind of there, it's really really toxic. I just thought it was really really interesting. Yeah. On that point there as well, like even if you take the this is my English hat on, if you take the like fact the physical fact that he was obese mm. and then became emaciated it kind of is that's even symbolic of of like if you take the whole obesity excess as a wider thing for like the excess in the like 50s 60s whatever mm. boom time everything's great industries flying all the money's capitalism's flying there's always going to be a flip side to that which is going to be someone's going to be disenfranchised, someone's going to be emaciated, mm. someone's mm. going to be skinny, someone's going to be not eating. Taking advantage of And it's almost like he's now being dragged through this process of experiencing basically the other side of what it takes for you to have good times, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of what, Yeah. that's kind of what he is, that's why that's basically mitigated my um, sympathy for him. Like, yep. whenever I felt like, oh, this guy's like, it's kind of rough still, but I was like, you know, actually this guy is basically the American fat cat who has to then experience life on the other side of what, mm. you know? And I just feel like that's, and it, that's and why this book for me is so good. I feel like, it is. Uh, you know, even though- And even it wasn't too grotesque. I, I mean, the way he described stuff was actually, I like that kind of stuff, right? Um, but it wasn't too grotesque because even the part where the mobster was helping Billy because he was too weak, basically, and he got cut in the hand, he was trying to mm. heal whatever. And then he went to, he was like, oh, yeah, just try to get the curse off me, but don't hurt them. And like, can you imagine like he's going through all of this and he's still like, don't hurt them. Like he just wants the curse gone. And then he, the mobster goes there and he's like, he like, he pretends to throw acid on the girl or something like that. And it's mm. like, it turns PG. Like, I know it sounds a bit, I'm sounding mm. a bit crazy, but that part of the book felt for me a bit PG. And it, you, that could have been a moment where he could have just, you know, turned the whole place upside down. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but the ending again was quite, was quite dark in a way. Mm. Cause like, Although he kind of gave the pie to his, his wife, in a weird way, the universe balanced out by love. giving it to his daughter. Mm. Yeah, because obviously he took the other guy's daughter. Because he can't, it's like, it's like, again, it's like, you get, so you got the power, right? And he still killed somebody. Mm. And then what happened was justice in the realms of natural law killed your mm. daughter. And it's like, you can't, you can, no, the, the power of the justice is like, um, you can't win. Yeah, and even in even way, like life's not fair. And um, fuck them both exactly. because even even the fact that you crash into someone because you're getting a ha- like head is in itself like so. It just symbolizes this whole like it devalues what that excess life care. Like, like we're just yeah. we're just having our fucking time. With, like we're oh, not thinking about anything other than just the hedonistic enjoyment of our life. Mm. Whatever. Oh shit! We just killed someone. Mm. And it doesn't even seem to haunt um, Heidi that much. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, didn't. She doesn't really give a shit. It stems from something that I've been thinking about for years. Now, realistically, a human life can be quantified, right? What does that mean? In the sense that, what is the value? Money or yeah, that's what I'm saying. In terms of what is the value of a human life, and it's like a very dark question to ask, but you can realistically write an equation probably for that where probably ethnicity skin tone where you live in a particular part of the world mm. that all adds that will contribute to a certain weighting in that equation that do you think increases. so I yeah 100 like that. that's bro mad. like for instance if you're do you know how much you're compensated if america accidentally killed a civilian in afghanistan okay, but then, right? yeah, so but, then, but you'd have to quantify you'd have to say okay how much is that life worth and how much is that life worth in terms of pounds that it would warrant us from accidentally killing that person and you see that with it be the news right and in terms of um some malpractice and someone dies and they get rewarded some x amount of money mm. right so you there is a way of quantifying and no one really wants to speak about that but there is a, a, a figure or a number to your life that you're that is attached that can be worked it, out and it's in in reference to this book it's to an extent that a romani's life is so like worthless and inconsequential that it's it's on similar playing field to a person accidentally killing you from a very <laughs> manal kind of 
you having some sexual gratification and that not being worthwhile in terms of justice in terms of like that it doesn't equate mm. to that white person privileged white person getting any form of justice because if that was a white woman with blonde hair would that be the same outcome no it wouldn't it was interesting you said that it's, it's, it's he's like, getting gratification a... as he kills somebody as pardon well. he gets like sexual gratification mm. as he kills uh, someone exactly and it's, which it's, is kind of like it's almost like a, a double it's like it's almost you're the bottom of the barrel like I can be getting head at this moment yeah. I was running you over and I'm not going to happen but, to but equal, that's a very but e- but e- but uncomfortable e- image that but they put saying, together you know but it's saying, equally, it's not, equally he's killing, he's killing somebody extent. and getting a, like a, a nice euphoria from that but like mm. in the book it's detached but what I'm trying to yeah. say is like imagine you're killing somebody and he likes it or he's enjoying yeah. it because it's almost like sadistic pleasure it, right right but and, because he puts these things together it's like you're you're forced to reckon with them in the same that's what I'm saying. mind, and that's why I like the reason why I like the book is a lot because this is the first time I read a book where it's actually there isn't like you know um, some random shit just happens. And I'm just like I have to go with it. Like it's mm. not even like the docs connect and like he did this because this happened. It's like no, like nothing makes sense. No, no one knows what's going on, and mm. random shit's just happening. Mm. And then there's this character that, that tried to say the day it didn't work. Like it's mm. just. Mm manic and chaos but mm. I, I kind of enjoyed that but there's also um, a method to the madness in a, yeah. in a way which, which I'm finding out more now talking to you guys about if that makes sense yeah 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 no I like genuinely I thought this is my first Stephen King book I've got I've obviously seen it and I've seen I think I've seen Carrie as well not, I can't remember. Mm. but I was really impressed man because it was like with it being a horror I feel like he definitely knows He's not like a Toni Morrison, beautiful, flowery writing, but he's yeah. he knows how to how to keep the suspense through writing, and that's a skill, bro. Because like, yeah, being able to keep you. It was slow in the beginning, though. It did, yeah, yeah. I was reading it in the beginning. I was thinking, yo, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, no, no, I facts. thought the book was short. You need to hurry up. But, but I feel like his he did get there. his books kind of like wind, and then it's like, and then it like um, yeah. near towards the end, it was like very fast. Yeah. things were happening quite quickly like in the last like maybe 100 maybe 70 pages a lot happens like the pie the, the, like all these things happen and I feel like it's um, like a Blade Runner innit yeah it's just very quick at the end which is cool and I guess it lends itself to film because it's like you're basically making a narrative that builds towards the thing and fair, then, fair point fair but, point um, but I love this I think it was great and honestly I think it was a really really impressive book it was um, it was fun. I, 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 it was nice having a book that wasn't so serious by itself. But then, um, in terms of the writing, it wasn't so like it was quite detached from this kind of mm. um, theoretical. And like although we spoke about it now, and we kind of dissected it in a way, I feel like reading it, you don't get that first impression. Like it's quite passive in that front. I would mm. say like obviously there was like stereotypes are there and whatever, but also in the book is actually quite fun and quite horrific, mm. grotesque, and a bit of um, just quite annoying characters like the mm. wife was quite annoying to me but I was going to ask a question about because um, the doctor for me when I was reading it there's like a medical incompetence which you kind of I don't oh, know yeah, yeah. and I felt like um, I, in a weird way like I, have you ever guys experienced like going to the doctors or like just being like kind of like oh no like you, you know your leg's broken like, oh no it's fine like just DP it and just go home it's fine like this the way like um, whether it's like microaggression was because you're black or whether it's just because the NHS is just whatever it is. Has he ever experienced like that kind of dismiss, like being dismissed that way in a way? I can say for a fact, when I did my Achilles, yeah, <laughs> I fucking told them. My brother went there. Obviously, I was in agony. My brother went and said to them that he's done something bad to his like calf or Achilles, or whatever. And then they put on their notes that I'd sprained my ankle. So I was in A and E for like about eight, eight, eight to nine hours. And it was only when they saw me and they were like, bruv, you've got your, like, there's a gap in your Achilles tendon. Fuck. They were like, ah. Oh. And then they said that, you know, like, um, I had a cast and said to get a surgery. Get this guy a room. And I was like, bruv, like, medical incompetence, bruv, because nine hours makes a difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I was sat there with my leg, like, hanging like this. Obviously, it's not going to help this, the uh, whole situation. Um... So yeah, that was fucking annoying. Um, there's also times, it's funny that you say about, uh, what's it called, microaggressions, because my mom has it a lot where she has issues or something's up and whatever, and she's calling the doctors and they're like, she has to do a lot of legwork to like get to the source yeah. of things. And it's like, 
more time they just want to give you antibiotics when you got fucking anything wrong with you mm. um and i feel like especially like black women tend to say that when it comes to diagnosing their health concerns and like dismissing pain as well like yeah um, I, I, yeah because I, I i hear that front because um my sister older sister she like um not to talk business me but like let's say that she has a headache or whatever mm. and um there's been times where she's gone to doctors and like yeah it's, it's not just headaches that these are migraines like mm. i don't know what it is like i drink loads of water i exercise like i'm she, she's pretty fit and healthy mm. she eats well she exercises a lot she's pt whatever as well like but i have these headaches and i like i literally get like vertigo sometimes when i just get up when i'm around like what's going on mm. and then it's just this kind of like constant battle of her like trying to one explain herself again mm. and again mm. but also yeah you're trying to fight with the notes from the previous doctor mm. who's just saying oh she might be dehydrated or yeah. and it's just like okay cool but we need an mri just to like double check this and mm. like you're trying to suggest things and you sound like a crazy person because you're now on google because almost like thinner you've gotten desperate to WebMD, the, to, boy. yeah like why why has it got to the point where and i think you're right about especially um you know how the uh, maybe we can talk more about the black women kind of um in science kind of like dismissed or like they can hold yeah. more pain or whatever no no in terms of but like, I'm just reading a study about well, racial discrimination because um, I think in... it's I think it's facts like the, the book kind of um, the reason I bring it up is because maybe for people who haven't read the book yet, it's like um, he's getting thinner to the point where he's worried now and because he's eating so much food and he's still losing weight and um, he goes to the doctor and they basically just say oh we, you know the wife is like oh you might have cancer like go check it out you know early signs can you be, you be fine he goes to the doctor now they're like oh well, it's not cancer and it's not anything else so maybe just eat more and he's just like bruv like what do you think i've been doing mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and it's this kind of dismissal that kind of makes this thing worse and like also doesn't allow him his wife to be satisfied because the wife also thinks that he's crazy because mm. the doctor could have cleared up i mean not that it's a doctor's, well, in a way it's doctor's responsibility to you know have a neutral position and say this is what's happening. Mm. Um, he needs some attention. Mm. And that would have stopped the wife from being so like cry cry all the time and mm. actually giving the guy attention. And this could have also maybe stopped or slowed down the progression of this this curse in mm. a way. And so I feel like this happens a lot in terms of, you, ha- you hear loads of stories about just everybody like having experienced the NHS where like, they kind of get dismissed or whatever. Like you can say you're on pain and they're like, oh, out of 10. And it's just like- I yeah. think so I'm, I'm on two sides yeah. here because I come from- um, I, I come from a family of a lot of doctors and midwives and nurses and people with, like I think with a lot of if you're an ethnic minority in the UK you've got nine times up there's a strong chance that you would probably have a family member that has worked or is working in NHS's and works up for a lot of um, job roles in the UK but if it's too they, don't get me wrong there's very much there's, I've read a few studies just now um about racial discrimination in healthcare and that being a, it's a systemic problem in that there are biases attributed to if you're working class black woman coming in pain even elderly as well elderly people get dismissed quickly elderly is but then it's there's there's two things there's like a level of biases that are attributed to you allocating care and then two and your perceptions of pain it's all of that yeah but then two a level of underfunding and this perception that a nurse or um a doctor in um emergency care should ha- be able to look off look over 20 people and make rational and concise and efficient judgments like in that space and i think there's i think the two things do come into play and it's i think it's unfair just as a whole like if you if you're overworked too the shifts are like 12 hours and you're it's coming probably to longer shift. to be fair uh, uh, 12 hours i think is the max mm. before i think you but legally but don't get, don't get me wrong it very much goes above over 12 hours a lot of the times and um especially during like times of crisis during winter if it's a saturday night um holidays like christmas is like apparently just terrible where you're overworked you're supposed to keep a consistent level of care and there is all a level of triaging in your head that you're gonna do in that okay we're underfunded which nhs is you're expected to look over all these people and um 
effectively your wage doesn't quantify that or doesn't uh, quantify it, reflect that sorry and then two um you're effectively incredibly tired whether it be mentally or physically and then the church you as anyone would do you start to charge and head like okay cool who's who's a person that needs my care now and that i can like shift to next like next or like and then that's why it's always one of the things to do if you are in a a lot of pain and that's Mm. what doctors say say you're in a lot of pain don't say oh it's okay i think it's very british thing to like minimize the pain you're actually in and what that's actually at your disservice Mm. so for instance in that situation which your brother which i can understand said oh my 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 brother has hurt his leg Mm. i think it was in football like if from a medical perspective it's like okay this person's probably sprained his ankle Mm. at at the very least or maybe twisted it all because if you'd broken it you'd it'd be it would have been over oh my brother's in pain he's screaming Mm. that terminology is then translated to oh he's most likely probably broken a broken a leg Mm. or damaged or torn some ligaments right Mm. but that wasn't communicated so that's that's how i can see like as a nurse you have to dissect or translate yeah, all no, of, of course I understand so and that's that. from the medical side i can kind of sympathize in those situations and i think a lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of things coming into play but do not get me wrong that there is level of systemic racial discrimination that does exist in medicine as a whole um like even as from the top of my head you might have to research this yourself but um doctors if you are seen by a black doctor or an ethnic minority doctor to an ethnic an ethnic minority seen by an ethnic minority their level of care is just different from when it's a white doctor or white nurse seeing an ethnic minority or vice versa mm-hmm. and, I was, and that's really interesting as a whole and that needs to be addressed like going forward it's, i think yeah, a lot of, and there's a lot of there's a lot of interventions literally post 2020 that a lot of studies that have been commissioned and actually funded to look into this and a lot of interviews and surveys that are being currently and have been done and being nhs of just leaving nhs being in conversations and listening to the same issues coming up like in the trust i was working at the same things came up oh we're trying not sometimes it's even racial discrimination that's directed from the patients to the healthcare workers and that navigating that so but if you're trying to say but you're allocating that's some mirrored care, that's mirrored in a way because pardon? that's mirrored or also it's mirrored all this, all, also this kind of conversation we say for example you know you're going to go a and e or you know and you're always you're already like scared about oh who, who am i going to get because they're probably going to say i'm fine or like you know you have to you, like you said you might have to over say like yeah, emphasize let's say I'm, I'm a seven out of ten in pain yeah. but you know that if you say you're anywhere near a seven or five they're gonna say send you home so you have to make it a ten or them you need to start screaming but then does that just become a thing where then ultimately it's just on us to basically push hard like, that's not it has to be not, not, it's not fair but it's also like the only really out like no just the only way to do it don't diminish the pain you're in that's what i would say like if you're actually in pain I think it's a very British thing to like. They always like undersell. It's like, oh, it's it's pretty bad outside, like pretty bad. Like yeah, when it's you can't really blame all of that. On, like, you can't blame all of this no, on I language. Think it's a cult, no, it, I understand language. Language, language is really has a part of it, right? Yeah. But then there's also remember you said right. These are like professionals in healthcare, right? 100% they have, they have a service to to postpone and they have yeah. to do it. And they so for example, they know if somebody comes in and people are sometimes people are just shy for example you come oh, no, oh what's wrong mm. but I don't know you have, like, to, you have to you have to be like to, you, there, there's probably like a there must be a sheet or something to say this is how you attend somebody oh, no. you, and oh, can they, I know I know they, I know they, but I'm do. trying to say like you can't you, you understand language is a part of it oh, yeah. but as, as a health if you want to do your if you're if a patient and you have to kind of do your service to them you have to kind of make sure you're trying to do your best to oh no and that's what comes with quality of information care which you do you're gonna have obviously, obviously that's gonna be dealing with someone who's autistic and who does have a speech impediment you right can't, you can't they 100 yeah they, yeah, they yeah. Can, aren't they obviously i'm one i'm very much generalizing a situation yeah, they, yeah, yeah no, they do don't get me wrong all doctors and nurses midwives etc anyone healthcare workers are incredibly trained to deal with a particular situation and to accommodate their care and to change their 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 approach depending on the person and their background etc all i'm saying is that um there are a lot of different variables that come into play and i i think i am always going to be just from i'm biased because i've got a lot of family members family members that are doctors and just and do work in nhs and what they're having to deal with and it's like it's 
they they get into the firing line when it really is should be the people who are actually allocate. If there was money and there was money to be allocated to these situations, in which instead of one doctor looking over like twenty thousand patients, it's one doctor looking over ten, that would just increase the quality of care dramatic, like drastically, right? So it's like, hmm, who's but at fault here? Is remember, it, is it really doctors dramatic, the... I like that. <laughs> drastically, drastically. <laughs> I was gonna say dramatically. I was like dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> but as a but as a <laughs> patient, as a patient though, let's let's just okay. Don't be wrong. Like all, all the stuff no, is no, in, get, important and like um healthcare and like, that's what, that's why the question was asked in a way because mm. it's interesting to find out. But at the same time, like if you're sticking to the book, sticking to the character who is the patient. I mean, talking about these these situations as the patient, mm. what should the patient do? Because it's like that's what I'm trying to say. At the end, it's, um, it may be bad, but my, do, the, do, do I scream sp- when I get there? No, no extreme, you- but like sometimes you have to oversell how you're feeling. So if you're feeling there's a scale, pain scale, and it's like out of ten, that's always. But hard. imagine if you all did you that. You say five. Imagine we all every patient. I know the whole. No, but that if you're actually feeling, the issue you're actually of feeling a five, NHS. say you're feeling a five. So if you've broken your, if your Achilles and you say, I'm in fucking pain, you say, it's a nine. It's a nine. I'm actually in this pain. Mm. But from what your brother said. No, but can, he did though, because I, was, commu- no, I, was vi- I was audibly in pain. No, but, <laughs> but him say, but doesn't say the language is that it was communicated that he was, it was a five or six. And five or six is like, okay, cool. He's a five or six. He can chill for a bit. Like for instance, I was helping this woman. And she fell downstairs, the old woman fell downstairs and bashed her face up. And I was with her for like, was it half an hour, an hour? And then um, I was on the phone to the ambulance and I was with her and I was like, oh, she's in pain. She's in a lot of pain. It's like, we're very stretched at this moment. Can you describe to detail how, is she responsive? Um, can she move? Is she still speaking? Is there a head, head injury, right? Is anything broken? And based on those responses, they come and say, oh, I'm going to take 45 minutes. It's like we're incredibly stretched over London and they're responding to people who are literally unresponsive, are literally crash, crashing so that their heart's not beating. They take their priority in that moment of time. Yeah. It's all about allocation of time mm. because if you are underfunded and you are stretched, you're going to have to triage no, by definition. That's and I'm not going to lie, no offence, but your Achilles is painful. <laughs> it can wait. <laughs> it can wait, bro. Yeah, like, no, of course. Out of all the people, and you're in, a, you're in like emergency care, there's people coming in who are crashing who had a heart attack just had a stroke. And it's a disservice to managing your the, of course, the department. But to my issue is the is the incompetence more from the secretary because ultimately Noah what didn't he did get across that like something had gone wrong with my leg, but mm. she just noted it down. That's more lazy part on her to say he didn't even mention the word ankle. She put that into her own thing, said twisted ankle on the notes. Yeah. So I get what you're saying, but for me, if you're taking notes from someone who's brought someone to hospital who can't walk right there, there, and they tell you what's going on and what's happened and what they can see, and then you take down notes that basically are lazy shorthand of whatever you think it might be, yeah. that's incompetence. Yeah. No, uh, not even like, don't get me wrong, I might have been seen maybe a couple of hours earlier. I'm fine to wait, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like. That for me is lazy. And I see that a lot with doctor surgeries, for example. It's just like, you know, the I see the incompetence more so in the secretary and also sometimes in GPs. Hospitals, I understand that world, but I feel like the GPs and the GP secretary and people on the phone doing the, it's just lazy. And it's like, that for me sometimes is my issue with the whole incompetence thing. Fair. Um, Fair enough. I think I, I think yeah. As as like I said, I think it's yeah, always this, there's yeah. two there's two sides to the argument. Of course, of course. And, and I feel like there's always going to be a bit of a tension. And there's always yeah. like I'm sure people have like stories. Generally. Oh no! Don't get me wrong, like bro, and, it, like, and, it, and it's scary even to hear some. But of even them, back yeah. like argument like my uncle who's um, disabled was kind of from malpractice in a in, in medical malpractice in the sense that how my grandma was cheap when she's pregnant. I think there's a loss of oxygen. It was just a whole how 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 that was handled. What's from my practice? And I was reading some um, something in a paper just now um, in the BBC about uh, a late a woman's child that had a severe head injury or brain injury due to malpractice. And that does exist. It does exist. Don't get me wrong. Like, isn't the, people going to fuck up? And unfortunately, in, in, in healthcare, if you, you've got a very far margins. You can't fuck up. You have to tread on the hundred yeah. percent. That's close to hundred percent. 
No, of course, or of course. That's your job, innit? Yeah. So it's like, Fair I can understand, but yeah. But anyways, yeah. so let's <laughs> let's morbid. That was uh, that was a very interesting. Little, it's interesting um, tangent. Side alley, but yeah. So the book, I guess. What do we all rate it? What are you rating? So you go first. Yeah. Can it, oh, you got last thing if you picked it. Um. Uh, six out of ten. Wow, six out of ten for me because I don't know, man. I don't know. A six. Yeah, six. Because I uh, I wouldn't really read <laughs> it. Kinda looks disgusted. Six. <laughs> it's not really. Is it? Why well, you're? Wow, no, no. bro. I'm, let, not, no, bro no, I'm asking. Let me no, land no, in on, it. Like on, you have your, you have your time. You have your time. Go on, go on. But uh, it's a six out of ten because it's okay. Like in terms of horror books, it's. Uh, it's it kind of predictable. I'm not gonna okay, lie. but have I you read many knew... horror books apart from this? Yeah, I have. When I was yeah? younger, yeah, I have. I, I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> How about that? Who have you read? Who have you read? There's a. I used to read a few horror books when I was younger. Still, um, Horrid Henry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, That's a bro. Tracy Beaker Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. You know what I mean? Yo, I, but whatever. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it, but it was like very clear. I've read a few horror okay, books. Yeah. It's um, alright, man. It's alright. Explain yourself, go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Why you get. You're the one who's getting touched because you. you, you I didn't write the book. I didn't write the book. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I disagree as well, but go on. No, I thought it was 6 out of 10 because I thought it was quite predictable. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought like sometimes the writing was like a bit cheesy at times, like how he's describing. Um, I think the sex sex scenes in it were a bit <laughs> and then like the tension was a bit eerie at times but sometimes I felt like it just trailed a lot in tangents to an extent but I felt like the overall message of it was quite strong that's why it's six, out, 6 out of 10 is quite solid isn't it mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the book again but it's decent mm-hmm. fair fair. what about you Zach me oh, honestly 8.5 fair enough I think because this is the first I'll be real this is the first real horror book I've read, the first Stephen King book I've read. And yeah, I was captivated. Yeah, it did go on tangents, you're right. It felt like it did at yeah. points just yeah. like why just are we just off. talking about this for so long yeah. kind of vibe. But I felt like overall, um yeah, I was captivated. You read it again. Would I read it again? <sighs> recommendable. Definitely. Maybe, you know, like maybe I would read it again. I feel like because I feel like with horrors it's like it's just a bit of. I feel like horrors are a fun read. I think horrors are probably better to read than they are to watch. Weirdly, I feel like you're more. Ooh, I you can kind of hereditary. No, obviously I, there's mm. great horrors, but I feel like we're so over, like not over horrors, but we're like over like scary shit now. It's like we're in a point where it's like we've seen most scary shit. Like I feel like reading something that's kind of page turning each time you don't know what's gonna happen. Da-da-da. That could be quite fun. So maybe I'd read it again. Um, few years or but in a few years time um yeah 8.5 okay cool what about you Mine, mine's an eight i think i i I think ruben's score is for me a six seven is like the writing right and like some moments were a bit like like you it's a bit it's a bit shit in it or a bit bored like it's like on a tangent or like like i said earlier about how that kind of um uh billy kind of talking to the mobster about what, what the mobster was doing like it was a really weird way to read it but like I tried to enjoy that moment but at the same time when I think about it it's like it's a bit, a bit convoluted a little bit mm. but mm. I felt that he took risks which I enjoyed and the book was clearly some sort of um, it's like a game to him but like it was I don't know it's, I think the conversation we had today kind of made me open my eyes up a bit more I think this is probably why I enjoy doing this because yeah, it's like same. it's annoying to read a book and then it just disappears in your mind in a way or like you have your own perception of it and that's mm. fine mm. but like when you talk about it it's kind of like it almost cracks open in like another vase or like 100%. realm of like because I wouldn't have ever thought about the American Pie thing do you know mm. what I mean mm. in a way so I would say it's an 8 because of like conceptually it's quite strong and I don't feel like it was predictable I feel like okay yeah cool he could have when he ate the pie I was like I don't realize that you mm. ate the pie Bro, but at the same I, time you knew what, uh, his I was, was going to die though oh yeah you did know that you did on. I knew that but then there were moments where I was like, I didn't know there was going to be a pie involved. I didn't know the mobster was ever going to come back into the story. Like, let me, there were moments where I was like, okay, this is this is turning out to be something mm. I've never read before. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't know he was going to die. The mobster's hand bit was scary. Yeah. That was a bit creepy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The hook was full of ball bearings. It's like, ooh. Yeah, because when you got the, the slingshot from Free's yeah. hand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of, like, and the way they described the wound was almost like it's never going to heal. 
Mm. And then, so you imagine this guy who's in severe pain. He's like, he's eating, even to the point where he has no appetite anymore. And like this guy who two weeks ago was hoffing down food, like mm. a fat pig. Mm, mm. And then now his hand is, has a hole in it and he can't heal. He's trying to chase people down <laughs> to mm. get his curse of him. His wife is crying to him on the phone. He don't care. And his, his daughter's like, oh, where are you, daddy? Where? Mm. Like he, he's, imagine his life is actually upside Life's down. Life's a mess, yeah. So the book, I would recommend the book for sure. Mm. I don't know if I'd read it again like this year but I would get I would, you know, that's a good um, Christmas present can't mm. lie is it? to someone who reads whether it's yeah, a family yeah, member yeah, cousin, agree, sister, brother you can give that book to them and then they'll be like oh like, this is, I think it's a good recommendation yeah, to be honest so just on that the book I'd like to put forward for next episode is Chinwa Achebe Things Fall Apart um, okay we because it's the post in the, in the room yeah I <laughs> it's a book that I've actually kind of grown up with kind of it's one of the first is it big yeah it's like a classic book in um, Nigerian literature um, 49 yeah okay yeah man cost of living I'm trying to save one of book Save on a buck. Do you think audio book do you get a different experience from audio books yeah, you, you, yeah. no you I, do I think you, you do. do like you I can, you, I feel like we should try and do both I feel like the audio book kind of I think I see it second yeah because it, I think it's, second, it's like watching the film first it kind of I don't think it do you know what I'd, I've really changed my perspective opinion you can live with it a bit easier because like mm. I was like I was walking around I was listening yeah. to it at times it's cool but you I can feel do like other stuff don't you find that you lose narrative like sometimes you're just like you can black out but yeah, you you're just that, like, yeah, you because you do that by reading. You can read the whole page and I say, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah it's true. Yeah. So that happens all the time. Like, I feel like. But it's different though, because, like. If you stop concentrating you can, on the audio, it's like suddenly you're just lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt at times. Um, but yeah, um, Chinwa Achebe, Things Fall Apart. It's like a classic. I think we'll enjoy it. And there's interesting things that should come out of that. Interesting. It depicts oh, a pre colonial. Did you do the genetic life. test, Zach? <laughs> no, I haven't done that. But I think there's going to be Sierra Leone, and um, I think it's Nigerian still. Yeah, no, there probably is. Probably some, is because um, Karaku goes back to Nigerian Sierra Leone. So maybe it's a bit another of a one. heritage thing. Another, another one. Africa, man. But yeah, um, <laughs> honestly, like, this is it's, not what? It's crazy. No, I'm just when I'm, I'm just getting flashbacks of Senegal. Senegal, uh, yeah. reminiscing. Man, Africa's a mad place. It's so beautiful. It's crazy. Mm. No, and uh, everyone should go at least once. Mm. I'm trying to convince my colleague, he likes traveling, but has never been to Africa. I was like, <laughs> that's a weird flag, but that takes effort to actually avoid. Yeah, if you like traveling, I've been to all these places, but not one country. Just avoided the biggest like country. Yeah. Like, they've like, oh, like Morocco, they've been to Tunisia and, and Egypt. Yeah, no, bro, I'm not even there. Oh wow! So no, I was like, how did they've you actively want? avoided that? Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, you should go to Ghana because that's like I always recommend Ghana to like. It's like a family-friendly country to like experience West African culture. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's easy. Nah, you can just yeah. stay in the capital, go to Gold Coast, mm. Cape Coast. Sorry, it's, it's calm. People are friendly. But yeah, um, we're gonna cut out the bit I was talking about women. Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Thinner. The white man from town. <laughs> it's not a club. It's not a book club podcast. It's not a book club. It's not a book club podcast.